You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Beverly Isla. Thank you for tuning in. Now, in this week's episode, we will expose the world of puppy mail operations and educate the public and what we can do to help address the overpopulation of dogs. And our guest today is Carrie Myers, founder and president of the Puppy Mail Project and co-founder of the National Puppy Mail Project. And she has achieved great strides in educating and influencing the public as well as the law in puppy mill operations. In fact, today's Chicago Women Magazine named her one of the 100 women of inspiration just last year. So when we get back from these messages, we will hear from our guest, Carrie, and she will discuss some of the things the public may not be aware of and how we can help put a stop to unethical practices. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Tired of wasting money on giant boxes of litter that don't work and don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. So even a small bag lasts one cat 30 days. Outstanding odor control, quick clumping, lightweight. It's even flushable. World's best cat litter. Everything else is just litter. Find it near you at www.itsnotjustlitter.com. That's www.itsnotjustlitter.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We have Carrie Myers as our guest today, the founder of The Puppy Mill Project and co-founder of the National Puppy Mill Project. Thank you for coming on today. I commend you for all you've done and putting forward the missions on both your projects. So for those just hearing about you for the first time, Carrie, what is the difference between the National Puppy Mill Project and the Puppy Mill Project? Well, thank you so much, Bev, for having me. The Puppy Mill Project, I started five years ago after reading about uh, a puppy mill, something I didn't even know about. And we are um, an organization based in Chicago, and we've concentrated on, obviously, problems in Illinois, passing some ordinances, doing protesting in pet stores, that kind of thing. It was more a local situation. And oh, okay. the more I yeah, the more I thought about it, you know, when I did start it I realized it isn't just local. This is a national 
tragedy, if you will, you know, our nation's little secret. And uh, we decided that we needed to go national. And the goal is to have in every state a grassroots only organization or individuals who are working solely on the problem of the puppy mill epidemic. This is mainly like the U.S. geography you're talking about, the national puppy? Well, it is, but we have lots and lots of people chiming in from Canada. So we've reached out. Yay, absolutely, to Canada as well. So that is our goal, to form a coalition. Everybody wants to do the same thing. People don't know how to do it. How do I do a protest? How do I go to my legislators? Where do I start? How can we work on this together? It is an epidemic, and that's our goal. And first of all, the Millers have never come up against this ever since their existence after World War II, a large group, a coalition of all kinds of people and organizations saying to them, we're done, we've had enough, we want to close down the mills. And also down the road, what we are going to do in further contact with the USDA and how that handling has led to the situation that we're in. So it is a coalition of very strong, passionate people who work on this and only this. This is the goal. It isn't, you know, there are other organizations that reach out and attempt to talk about animal cruelty, which this is large-scale animal cruelty, and talk about, you know, chickens and cows, and all of it needs to be addressed. We are solely focused on the puppy mills. The puppy mills. Okay, so the puppy mill project is local. National is a combination of national plus a little bit of Canada. Exactly. Great. So I did see some of the facts on the website, but can you tell us exactly what are puppy mills and the problem that it dominoes into? I mean, the common knowledge is that it is a breeding site, but some may not know why that kind is not good. Well, what it is, is it's mass production of animals. There's no other way to get over it. You know, it's, um, they're generally high volume, although there are, small, there are small puppy mills, and not to say that they are any better than the large puppy mills. And uh-huh. it's a commercial breeding facility that sells dogs for profit. There's no public access to these breeding facilities. They breed the females every time they come into heat, no matter what condition those females are in. They are breeding Horrible. their slaves. Slaves. Right. Every six months, these dogs will be bred for profit. They do not meet our society's idea of taking care of pets. They don't have vet care. Supposedly, according to the Animal Welfare Act, they're supposed to have a vet once a year. Well, what does that mean? You know, if they develop issues, they're not going to a vet. A vet's not going to be there because they don't need to see a vet. It's not required. And it's interesting with the minimal amount of care that is required, the breeder still cannot live up to that. It's, it's wow. quite amazing. Yeah. So none of them are getting any vet care whatsoever. They're living in true. these yeah. horrible conditions. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's a living hell. I have a mill dog here. She's five pound Maltese and she was confined to a cage her whole life, which is eight years and never, never was taken out of that cage unless they wanted to breed her and then thrown back in. And then when she was ready to give birth, they put her in a whelping pen. They take the puppies away way too early. And then she's due for breeding again six months later. The puppies get shipped off in a truck to a broker or a pet store. And there's your circle. It's large-scale animal cruelty, and in the way I try and describe it when I do speak in front of groups is, you know, we all get upset when we hear about one dog or mm-hmm. one animal being abused. Somebody ties it to the back of a truck, or all this horror that right. we hear. Can you imagine 300 exactly. at a time? Oh, God, yeah, group at a time. 
Yeah, it's very hard to wrap your head around that, especially when people go into the pet stores and see these darling puppies. They cannot even fathom what that dog has come from. That's a thing. A lot of them don't even know. No. And like breeders and puppy mills, they're, I mean, they're a little bit different. Some breeders are pretty ethical, I must say. Well, we're not going after the ethical breeders. We're not going after the breeders that breed for the love of the dog, to better the breed. They care about them. When you buy a dog from a breeder, a reputable breeder, they want to meet you. They want to see where that puppy is going. That's like their child. Yes. And that is not even anything that we're remotely concerned about right now. And and really the breeders, honestly, if I were a reputable breeder, I would say, I want to join your fight to go after these millers because look what they're doing to our breed. They're diluting our breed that we work so hard at, you know, in bettering the breed. So that's something that we're, we're trying to negotiate is really talk to these reputable breeders and say, listen, you need to get on board. You need to say, this is not what we're about. We're, yes. We need to close the mills that are doing that to our dogs. Yes, yes. Unite the breeders, well, the ethical ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's what we'd like to do. Exactly. Good for you. And I see your um, your bio and you've influenced a lot of legislation in Illinois. So going back to what you were saying before with people wondering how to do it, how do you do it? What are your strategies? Well, my personal strategy was stalking for a while, I have to tell you. I just, one of the things I wanted to do when I started this, I had my bucket list really, Uh was to stop the sale, to ban the sale of dogs, cats, and bunnies in the city of Gosh, Chicago. Gosh, I hope you didn't do it on your, like, did you do it on your own? <laughs> Gosh, I can just picture yeah. you in the puppy store. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> oh, no, oh, that's for another time. What I did really was go, in Chicago, we have our, our governing body, really, is, is the mayor and the, the city council, and uh, we have 50 members, and oh. I really went through everybody's bio, I checked everybody out and I looked at to see what they're about, who would be on my side, who cares, who has a dog, you know, as it was a lot of research. And then I decided I was going to put a package of information together and approach. I personally did approach all of the aldermen on my own, but believe me, my team helped me put everything together. And I would go in and try and have meetings very unsuccessfully at the beginning. So I would leave really? a packet of information. Nobody was really interested in this, you know. And it took oh. me, for one alderman, I can actually tell you, a year. I stalked him for a year because he was in a ward where there was a horrible pet store, which we ultimately did close oh, down. Okay. We did. A lot of protests. And then the guy moved to a few blocks away <laughs> to another one. We got him closed down there. It's, I was his worst nightmare. And um, finally, <laughs> I did get this alderman on board who said to me, I will be one of your sponsors if you can get more sponsors. And huh. then ultimately, I did. And the one alderman that I did finally get, he said, you know what? I think we need to take this to somebody else in government who will challenge you know what's going on she, he, she will be your spokesperson she will so he was yeah, she, he was in the government also yeah all the aldermen i had three aldermen on board and then we were so blessed with having our chicago city clerk susanna mendoza who jumped on board and she goes absolutely absolutely 
she had worked on some animal welfare issues before, and she was all about it. And we worked on this. We started writing the ordinance. It was a two-year process, and we looked at ordinances across the country, and Los Angeles had just passed theirs. Montreal had passed theirs. So we took the best of the best and came up with, I think, the very best ordinance possible and ban, if you will. And City Clerk Mendoza led the charge for us and there are three aldermen. And out of 50 aldermen in the city of Chicago, they voted 49 to wow. one to, to pass the ordinance. And the only alderman who didn't, it turned out, had two puppies from a pet store. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. But it was a really... Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but it was a great show of support for us. And we were that's just... Great. Yeah, we're blessed to have all these people. So it can be done. You have to just find that legislator who believes in you, who so believes in be the, the cause. First, so that would be the first step then, reaching out to people in the legislation of that Absolutely. particular area. Okay, that's good to know. I'm putting Absolutely. that in the back of my head because I am going to follow you one day. <laughs> oh, hey, we're there to help you. And, and that's what national is about, see? I mean, it's, we, get, we get emails and calls from all over the country. Help, 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 help. This is going on in Alabama. This is North Carolina. What do we do? Now we're in the position to help them, which is going to be fabulous. That's awesome. I'm actually um, aware of what happened earlier this month, but I'm going to ask you that yeah. after these messages from our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friend. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization. Here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> Wow, 
Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Carrie Myers on the topic of puppy mills. Earlier before this break, we were talking about what are puppy mills and what we can do to help. Carrie, so was it earlier in March, there was an ordinance, but I'm not sure what happened. Can you tell us about what happened with that one? Yeah, that's our, well, we had two ordinances, bans that got passed. And one was the Cook County. It's a greater, greater county. It's the second largest county after Los Angeles. An ordinance was passed shortly after we passed the city ordinance. The Chicago Board of Commissioners, they passed the Cook County ordinance. Unfortunately, both of these ordinances have lawsuits filed against them now, and they're on hold, and they have to go before a federal judge to make a decision. And so that's where we are now. Our Chicago ordinance was moving forward. Actually, we're not surprised at all by who filed and why and when it was filed. It's uh, March 5th was when the ordinance was supposed to take effect, and all pet stores either had to go humane or their choice to go out of business. Well, so I was just going to ask, what does it yeah, cover? Okay. Yeah. Well, two pet stores in Chicago and a breeder, a.k.a. Miller, from Missouri <laughs> filed to stop the lawsuit. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's now going to go before a federal judge. And these two particular pet stores, one of them buys from the huge, uh, huge, huge, the Hunt Corporation, which is the largest oh. broker breeder in the country. And that's where they get all of their humane little puppies, as they say, from private breeders. Another lie. So they're fighting back. They're fighting back, but, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I have a lot of faith in the system. I'm always a good versus evil kind of gal, and I believe we're going to win. I really do. You know, when you go into these stores and you people, unfortunately, don't understand the lies and the fraud that's being spewed. And that's the thing. You know, when we went out to get these ordinances passed, you know, it was like a three or five prong deal. And one of them was the consumer fraud issue. People are being defrauded out. I mean, the truth is not being told in these stores. It is fraud. I always say, you know where your cantaloupes and watermelons are coming from. You should know the truth about a family member. You need to know the truth about where that puppy is coming from. So they're lying about like, oh yeah, just not only medical stuff, but what else are they lying about? They're lying about the origin of the of the puppies. They're saying they're not puppy mills. They come from private mm-hmm. breeders. We visit the facility. We uh, know them for okay. years, blah, blah. It's actually some of the larger chains have scripts that their employees follow because we have Ooh. a lot of former employees, you know, who have worked at these stores. Really? Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People, you know, they've had enough. We see the winds of change. We see that people are are finally listening, and and so many are uneducated about it. And once they learn, we really do believe that when people know the truth and the truth about the puppy mills, they don't want any part of it. A half a million puppies, they they are churning into our system every year. So we put a million dogs down every year. So how does that compute, you know? You have the ability to go and rescue a dog and a lot of purebred dogs, and if you want a purebred dog. And people yeah, can go yeah. to breed-specific rescues. You want a Maltese. There's a breed-specific rescue for that. And all of those dogs that are being killed every year, and these dogs are coming into the system. So yeah, that is one of the things, you know, with our ordinance that we said, look, Chicago, you're getting thousands of puppies from puppy mills being sold in these stores every year. Look at the statistics of how many thousands of dogs are being put down in the city. 
So you do have so, pet shops that are on board with promoting adoptions, right? Well, there are more pet stores out there that do not sell animals than do. I mean, there are billions of dollars. This is a billion-dollar, mar- multi-billion-dollar market of pet supplies, food, collars, leashes. Yeah, Stores yeah. that don't need to sell the dogs. But when you have a store like one of the stores that brought forth the suit selling uh-huh. puppies for $4,000 a puppy, he's not willingly going to close his business and just sell, you know, accoutrements for the <laughs> yeah, dog. Exactly. Yeah, now when you can blink and sell a $4,000 puppy. So we do. We have pet stores on board. We have the community on board. We have vets, a newly formed group in Chicago, the Veterinary Professionals Against Puppy Mills have stepped out oh, to good. say, you know, we don't like what's going on. We love puppies. We don't love puppy mill puppies. It was, um, when we first started, it was a coalition that we wanted to form in Chicago, as well as nationally, to get people from all walks of life saying, we're done with this. We can't support animal cruelty. So if there's anything I would stress, it's like anybody that goes into a store and buys something from a store that is selling puppies or cats or bunnies, (laughs) you are directly putting money into the hands of a miller. You are supporting animal cruelty. The pet shops that are on board with your movement, does that mean they're not selling animals? Just so I'm clear, because I'm Absolutely. kind of... Absolutely. Oh, okay. So so they're not featuring rescue dogs. That's what I had Well, thought. they will. Yeah. Oh, no, they do feature rescue. They do. They will have rescues come in in adoption okay. days, and they will support that end of it. But there's no way they're selling puppies or cats or kittens from milk. Gotcha. They, they just don't do that. And there's lots of stores that do that. And those are the stores we say, go and support them. You know, they're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's good to see that um, it is happening more and hopefully it'll become a prominent movement. But the only thing that I'm kind of concerned about, even with them doing it, is would they be proactive with screening buyers, right? Because oh, then otherwise, do. okay. Yeah. You know, you just can't come in and, and adopt a dog. And that's the difference exactly. in, in going into a pet store and going to a shelter or a rescue. You are required to fill out information. They, they look into your background. They, okay. Any that's reputable good. shelter or rescue is not just going to hand over an animal. Right, right. Because then that would just defeat the purpose. It'll just swing back around. Exactly. It's the same thing. And, you know, that's the thing. We don't want these dogs winding up back in the shelters. And, mm-hmm. and with, the, with the mill dogs, when you buy a dog, and we hear it every day, every single day, we get emails from somebody who bought a dog and they spent thousands of dollars on it and the dog uh-huh. got sick and they had to either go to the vet that's recommended by the pet store or it's not covered on their quote-unquote warranty. Mm. So they go to that vet, and the dog doesn't get better, and then they have to go to a different vet, obviously, because the dog's not getting better, and then you have thousands of dollars of vet bills, and people can't afford it. Exactly, yeah. Then they have to give up the dog, and then that dog is going into a shelter. It's a very vicious circle. This is square one. This is where it starts, in the mills. Yes, And legislation. So that's awesome that you're combining the two. What's your opinion on um, puppy mill breeders posting online? Because if the avenue of pet shops for them is no longer viable, won't it just filter online more? And people will just buy online. That's a great question. I hear it every day. People are buying online. And if I can stop 
a pet store from selling. It, that, I mean, that's the question. Well, why would you even bother? You know, because they'll go online. Uh-huh. Because I can. Because I can. <laughs> you know, we can yes. stop that in the pet stores now, so why wouldn't I? Right. The online thing people don't understand, there is a bill that was passed that anyone that is selling online now uh-huh. needs to be licensed and inspected by the USDA. How much that's going to work, I don't yeah, know. But here, exactly. here's the other side of that, and this is the thing I need to say. It's this is my stock answer now. If okay. you are in a neighborhood and you are selling $4,000 dogs right. and you're the only pet store, you have a little exclusive there, right? So you've got a good thing going. Now you're forced to go online with hundreds of thousands of other people, millers, or pet stores selling dogs online, then the competition is going to get a little stiffer. You may not be able to exist if you have to only sell online now. Why is your puppy going to be better than the next guy? The competition, the pool that these people are now being thrown into is enormous. So it isn't all just like sunshine and roses and people are going to say, well, they just go online. They're there now. You know, that's the next step. Those mm-hmm. rules, those ordinances, those bills have to be passed. So that, so we do away with that. But what we're doing is attacking what we can control right now. Right. And, and yeah. that's our thought process. So it's not so easy breezy online anymore. You know, you got all these millers scurrying around, putting a little... There's so little many puppies. online. Oh, so my many. gosh. So many. You know, and, and I will just say... To anybody who doesn't think that, they're not nervous now about what's going and the winds of change. We actually had a miller reach out to us, an Amish puppy miller uh-huh. from Indiana, unlicensed, by the way, selling to pet stores, which is illegal, reached out to us to say, well, we're online too, but we want you to, to help us convince people that we're not a puppy mill. It's like, What? And after, of course, doing the research on this place, they are a puppy mill. They are a puppy mill. Oh. They are, of course, they're a puppy mill. And, you know, they're online, they're unlicensed, and they're selling everywhere, online without a license and to stores without a license. So I, I do feel, along with our, really, with many people who work on this continuously, there are big changes, and, and the millers know that there's big changes. And, and this is only the beginning, really. Well, hopefully, whatever they come up with next, <laughs> hopefully there'll be a way to regulate it because that's a problem online. Yeah, it is. And, you know, here's the thing about online, too. It's our society right now. This is what we do. We shop yes. online. We talk yes. online, you know. And this is easy. You don't have to answer any questions. And they'll just ship a puppy anywhere. They don't care. Yeah. And they can lie and lie and lie. And odds are when you buy that puppy online, that may not even be the puppy that you get. Gosh. That's it's all a matter of educating now. People don't understand. You know, there's monsters amongst us. They'll do anything yeah. for a buck. Yeah. For a buck. And they take those little puppies and put them on a piece of red velvet, stick a bow in their hair, and they look adorable. What oh. you don't see is the cruelty that that puppy just came from. Yes. Yes, and, and speaking of which, like how you educate people. Now, you have other uh, programs. You have the Education Program, Millie's Mission, Chicago Pet mm-hmm. Project, and the Rescue Fund. And all of those, are they geared towards public education? You know, everything we do is education. A billboard is education. The back mm-hmm. of a bus ad is education. Every protest is education. Millie's right. Mission is a fund that was set up, named for my mill dog, uh-huh. to raise money to give to the rescues that are able to pull these dogs out of the mills, the lucky ones who live, the ones that aren't shot, 
or hit over the head or disposed of. These rescues that go in there and pull the mill dogs out, their vet bills are so enormous because you're pulling dogs Ooh, that have I never had vet care. Exactly, I mean, yeah. it's, it's horrifying. So our mission is to be able to say, hey, you want to go pull 20 dogs next week? We will oh. pay for the vet care for those dogs. So oh, that's, that's nice. how we're raising money. The Chicago Pet Project book has been a labor of love for the past year and a half of photographing high-profile Chicagoans, celebrities, and their animals. And it's going to be a gorgeous coffee table book that will be probably out next October, time for the holidays. And that ah. is also going to be raising funds for Millie's mission. A hundred percent of the profits goes directly to paying for vet bills for the mill dogs. That's a great initiative. I'm going to copy that one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It, it, we were lucky enough to have an amazing photographer who has donated all of her time, all of her effort in this beautiful, beautiful Aww, project. Bless her heart. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Carrie, for the bundle of uh, valuable information. And if anyone wants to know more about Carrie's work and other key programs, check it out at thepuppymillproject.org and nationalpuppymillproject.org. Any advice, last advice for people looking for pets? Absolutely do not buy a pet online or in a pet store. <laughs> Ask your vet or breeder if that's the way you want to go. Our first choice is always adopt. Go rescue. Save a life. It's going to be the best thing you've ever done. Amen. We are <laughs> out of time. So I'd like to thank you, Carrie Myers, for coming on again, and our show producer, Mark Winter, for making the show possible. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email me at beverly at petliferadio.com. So until next time, save a pooch. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>